Let's see. Anything else? So, uh, yeah, oh, I know that. I, just... I don't know. Uh, I have breaking news. I have breaking uh, news. Ooh, break. A uh, three o'clock. 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 Three on this topic. The Robins are getting ready to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, it looks like the Robins are getting ready to celebrate Valentine's Day today. What episode is it? Oh, right around number 69. And believe me, things couldn't be any better than they are today. Yes, sir, vacations are now as high as 20,000. And theme park rides flicker up there on a big screen. And with Adventure is Out There Travel, you can travel by train from New York to California in less than seven days. And I even hear talk about a Becca, B-E-K-K-A, from Adventure Is Out There Travel, who is working on some sort of special deal and travel booking contraption. <laughs> It'll definitely work. Contact at A-I-O-T Travel on this interwebs contraption. Kungaloosh, Viva Gaia, and uh, what number am I thinking of? Please don't say it. Please don't say it. Please don't say it. 69, dude! Yeah! Oh, we did it. We made it to 69. Uh, and it also happens to be Skipper Dick Rich's birthday. Woo-hoo, heck yes, it's my birthday! Man, so good to be here, too. I didn't think we were ever going to really make 69 episodes, and here we are at episode 69, celebrating my birthday, the most important day ever, except for maybe, I don't know, January 17th, 1955, when Disneyland opened. Oh, man, it's so good. So good to be here. It's so good to talk to you guys. What's going on? What's new? That definitely sounds like you, yeah. Skip. I know you've told me that many times in the past. Um, welcome to the 3 o'clock parade. This is Drunk at Disney. Yeah. This is Drunk at Disney here in Orlando. And as always, just down the road, it's Rhiannon. Hey. And... On this very special occasion, way out, as always, on the left coast, on his birthday, happy birthday to Skipper Dick Ritchie! 
Woo, yeah, on the best coast, baby. And what's that crazy echo in the background? Yeah, happy, happy birthday, birthday, buddy. Sounding better than ever. Wow, thanks, drunkie. Yeah, you know, I mean, I guess I sound all right. At least I'm not echoey, right? Because you wouldn't want to sound echoey. Sounding echoey is the worst. But thank you. Happy birthday to me. And um, what can I say? It's time to get the show going. Well, hey, whatever works for us. I mean, that's going to be exciting. I know you started off the day uh, er, drinking early this morning some uh, mar- margaritas at one of your favorite places. So, Woo, yeah. I started drinking at 7 o'clock this morning. It was awesome. A little drink card bingo on the uh, flight. And then we landed and started drinking these double margaritas that were crazy. And I'm feeling good. Oh, that's <laughs> Thought you were gonna say it's an average day. I mean, I mean, it's not far from average. It's it's about right. It sounds good. Oh my gosh! Yes, uh, you must be extremely excited, Skipper Dick Ritchie, because it finally has been announced that Pandora at Disney's Animal Kingdom will be opening. Yeah, I guess the opening of Pandora is all over the news, but you know, whatever. I mean, it's exciting. It'll be fun. Uh, I think what we should talk about is the price increase at Disneyland again. And the article that I read said that the one at Walt Disney World's quick on its trails. So, you know, two bucks here, 35 bucks there, depending on the pass that you get. But Pandora, sure, that sounds exciting. It sounds fun. Um, yeah, I'll go. I'm excited that there's going to be a new bar, and it'll just mean another reason to go back to Disney World, and we'll have another fun trip. So it'll be cool. Well, I'm. Rhiannon, are you at all getting more excited? Are you getting at all more excited, Rhiannon? No. No, not even at all, huh? I mean, am I going to go? Of course. Am I going to enjoy myself? Most likely. Am I excited? Right. I think I think one of the things that's going to happen is that's going to be the main thing. Is people are excited that there's a new Disney World land, something new at Disney World to do. And I don't think I don't think there's literally going to be I mean, I I can count on one hand the amount of people that are that excited about uh, Avatar. You know, we always talk about T-Dub with Skipper. He and Skipper always get at it, and he's excited about it. And uh, that's a pretty short list right there. Uh, Skipper Dick Ritchie, are, are you going to you, gonna miss it a little bit? You're coming down in March, but next year you'll be able to check it out. Yeah, it'll be cool. They've got like two or three rides, right? They've got the one that's kind of like soaring, and they've got the boat ride. And, you know, it'll, it'll, it's something else for us to do and run around and probably ultimately just ignore to find a bar. That's probably what we'll end up doing. Did you get a chance to see the picture that was, I don't believe it was watermarked this time from uh, WDW News Today. Did you see the picture of someone riding a Banshee-style ride attraction vehicle? No, I haven't seen it. Let me see if I can find it really quick. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, I mean, I can see it on that web, on the WNT webpage, but... It's pretty blurry and it's hard to see. Uh, it looks like there's like two people on something riding. I guess they're having fun. Oh. Yeah, and I guess the way that they're riding it, they're kind of uh, snug up together. So I don't know if they're straddling each other, but it, it looks like a fun position. Well, you know, at least that's work. not a 69 position. Hey! But there was right. this was something that was, people thought was going to happen, and then there was a lot of word that there was not going to be a interesting ride vehicle, and they were going to possibly do just like or a Soren style seats. So this is definitely an improvement on that that possibility. Well, yeah, anytime you get to ride a banshee, that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> you sound skeptical, Skipper. 
It's not that I'm skeptical. I just imagine T-Dub getting off on that thing a little bit too much. You know, he's going to be howling like the Banshee, if you know what I mean. Yes, yes. I know, I know Skipper, you're a big fan of Wait and See. Yeah, I just don't want to be a negative little bitch that doesn't know what they're talking about until they actually ride the ride. So, you know, you wait and you see, and if it's awesome, then you talk about how awesome it was, and if it sucked, then you can talk about it with some knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. on, a related note, on a related note, and I want to hear, Rhiannon, your level of excitement. Any more excitement for now, the fact that it looks like Rivers of Light will be coming sooner rather than later? They actually played it the other night. To what is someone has, has said that had seen it before, they had cut out a few parts, so it's a little bit shorter show. Did you happen to see it? I did not. I don't really watch YouTube videos of rides too often or shows. So, but I'm taking their word for it that it's shorter. Are you getting more excited for this, Rhiannon? No. <laughs> Add it to the list. I'm sorry. I mean, again, will I go see it? Sure. Yeah. Will I enjoy it? I'm sure I will. Am I excited about it? No. Well, I think I mean, that... I, I, yeah. To me, like, defining excitement is, like, counting down the days, looking forward to the merchandise. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. I oh, know. poor Mark. <laughs> right. I think this definitely fills the need more than anything. It doesn't necessarily mean, like, I'm so damn excited for Rivers of Light. But on those longer park days... It is nice to have an evening show to cap off the day, and I think that's where the majority of guests will take care of this. I don't think literally people are sitting at home in Maryland saying, I can't wait for this Rivers of Light. I'm going to book my vacation just to see it. Skipper, are you going to book vacation just to see Rivers of Light? I doubt it. I don't really even stay to watch World of Color out here, and you know the way we go to the parks. It's pretty rough for us to still be in a park that late. Yeah, by that time, we're usually at a bar already and drinking. And uh, I don't know if I'm going to make the whole trip just for World of Color or if I'm even going to make the reservation for it. But I'm sure if I'm in the park, when it happens, I will be there to see it. It sounds exciting. I want to see it. Uh, it sounds like a great show. It's no Fantasmic, of course, but what is... I'm excited to see what happens to Fantasmic. It should be fun. Is that... Are you exaggerating or is that a fact? I mean... No, no exaggeration. Phantasmic is fun. They had a Jungle Book show last summer, and I mean, that place was a shit show. I mean, it is packed. <laughs> I mean, you go back there, and it was shoulder. I mean, when you when you take that turn from, like, uh, the regular Anandapur back towards Expedition Everest, from the, from the minute you pass those Gibbon monkeys, it is shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder people from there all the way to Expedition Everest. And that's with people being filed into the theater. And on the other side where um, Dino Land is, they had a dinner, dinner, a dinner package even for the Jungle Book show. And that line extended into Dino Land. I mean, it was, it, it, it is a bit of a mess. Well, I feel like that's what we talked about. We talked about what a mess it was whenever you have a show like this and people are just walking in and uh, lining up, and you got to have fast pass, and even fast pass at Disneyland, I, it just I'm sucks. assuming the parks are going to do fast pass entrance and all that. Yeah, they had that the Jungle Book. Yes. Oh, they did. Yeah, okay. I, I'm sad I missed that Jungle Book show. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I confessed this before, but I'll confess it again. I've never seen Fantasmic because. Of the freaking lines and i even did look into doing the dinner package whatever do brown derby and do it and it's still it's like well line up 45 minutes in advance I'm like, fuck, fuck that. Yeah, you, you have to use a fast pass and if you want to show up late 
to Fantasmic, <laughs> which is what I want to do. I want to roll in, That's maybe get there. Late. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, I want to show up 10 minutes before it starts. And you, what's funny, if you want to do that for Phantasmic, and say that again for Rivers of Light, probably, there's a little different, and I'll get to that in a second. You, you do have to get a fast pass to then get there 15 minutes before it starts and then be in the back. So you can get standing room only, but you actually have to get a fast pass so, to do it. But unlike Phantasmic, which is hidden in a corner of the park, which is only accessible by one path or whatever, this is pretty much open to all of Animal Kingdom. So what I'm wondering is just how bad would the view be if you're just chilling, leaning over an edge, not actually in the stadium? That's what I'm hoping for is because here the way it is, and it will be different from Jungle Book in that way, in that that was stages facing the crowd. This way, the problem is, Rhiannon, though, if you're walking from, again, from regular Asia, it's open mm -hmm. from the monkeys till about yeah. the bathrooms. And then the way the stage is, that's a building on that side. So it blocks the view all the way around to the bridge to Dino Land. So you can't just like see in because it's a building now. So unlike, um, it, yeah, there is a spot you can chill on the bridge, but that bridge is only about a hundred feet long. And then- So Ed oh, and their mom is gonna have that plan. Yeah, and then it just depends. Can you see anything from? Are they going to let you walk over to the uh, what do you call it? Uh, Flame Tree Barbecue? Probably not. Or they'll sell it if it's if it's at all decent. They'll sell it. So. Yeah, the fast pass thing. They do that for Fantasmic out here, and it's a mess. You know, you you get the you get the fast pass, and there's still like these lines and crowds you have to go through. It's terrible. Yeah. Hey, fun fact. The only time I've been to Disneyland, I got. Got a fast pass for Phantasmic, and I still deemed the line too long and didn't watch it. What do you think about yourself now that you didn't watch it? Because I'm an asshole. So there you go. Wow, that's a little bit rough. Well, I mean, how much time do you really want to? I mean, and that's where it comes to all these shows. And, that, and that's where I think the reviews of Rivers of Light are going to hinge on is if you're if you're committing an hour and a half to this show, your expectations are going to be at one spot. If you're committing just the 15 minutes of the show, your expectations are going to be, I think it's going to be two different experiences. I think it's a lot like just waiting in line for a ride. You know, some rides take an hour to get there. Some rides take 30 minutes. Um, so you're spending that same amount of time you would in line, but you're just kind of standing around waiting for the show to start. Um, hopefully there's just a bunch of hot moms, though. You know, you need some MILFs in those lines. Yes, the social it's, it's actually, there's a gathering. I believe it's the uh, social media MILFs. Now that is a gathering I would like to be part of. Yeah, social media MILFs. Hot moms who like to throw leg. That's what I'm talking about. Social media MILFs. I believe that's what it's called. <laughs> like dessert parties? I don't know what kind of dessert parties you're going to, but yes, count me in. I love this idea. Oh, it, oh, they absolutely, yeah. They, the, 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 the social media moms thing is funny in a way that I would love to know more about it. Are these 100% comp trips or are they also paying for, probably just a discounted group rate? I don't know. I'd also like to know how they're paying for There's it. a lot of them. I Speaking of paid for, are we talking at all tonight about paddlefish? We can. I think I'm sure. I'm sure it comes up a little bit. What I did want to talk about it, it in the I fact don't that, I don't, spoil, no, spoiler. Let's go. Let's go straight to it. Breaking news. Uh, paddlefish did open again to a uh, a preview, and and I want to know why you weren't invited. No, I'm asking you. Why were? Where was your invitation? Do they not know who you are? 
My mailbox must be extremely difficult to find. I'm going to say it's not your mailbox. I'm going to say it's like one of your like 50 emails and you only check them once every like blue moon. I've sent you scripts that you still haven't read. It's possible. My mailbox is very difficult to find because I do not get invited to anything. But that being said, I, I made I mean, fun of this want, in the moment. If they want a good review. I made fun of this this morning. Second edition. Fine, just keep talking over me. Finally, you know how I feel. It sucks when people talk over you all day long. God. It's like (laughs) 69ing. I'm I'm responding to your comment of why wasn't I there. And I did laugh because I was like, I'm looking on, of course, watching Twitter. And uh, it was like 9 o'clock in the morning. And, you know, you can just see the sharks swimming. They're like... You can see 16 different accounts like, here I am at the garage, here I am walking by the boathouse, and I'm like, oh my god, it's 9 a.m., and we're going to go have some, some uh, what, drinks and uh, and jambalaya? There's nothing wrong with drinks and jambalaya at 9 a.m. That sounds perfect to me. Let's go now. Sounds like your typical Tuesday. Right? That's what I'm saying. A typical Tuesday. <laughs> so I just left. I just, the timing on these things are always so bad. Um, literally like 9 a.m. On a, on a weekday, and it's just uh, – that does make me laugh. Um, and then you're going to go try all this stuff, and I, I get it. That's what these media things are, but they definitely don't uh, – that part of it is not appealing. Free food I will take all dang day, and I will sell out to anyone that is willing to give me free things. I'm pretty sure that's how we met. Mrs. D.O.D. was just like, hey, I uh, have a friend. He's giving away some free food. You want to come over? And Drunky was like, hell yeah, let's go. It better, though. To be honest, did you take a look at the menu? And here's where we uh, had, had a gathering over the weekend. We were talking, and it was – we were laughing about the um, the drink menu, which obviously we I looked at oh first. Oh, my God. And yeah. obviously there are, there are expensive drinks at every, the, every vacation destination in the world, and obviously Disney included. But typically when you go to a place like – even the Boathouse or Jock Lindsay's or Trader Sam's, there is an $11, $12 drink on the menu, and they go up from there. They just come out and start at $17. I actually think this is a trend we're probably going to have to get used to. I think that they are showing us with the annual – not with the annual passes, but are just the annual passes, but with the tickets and the annual passes, that it's more about the person that's going and spending money than getting a ton of people to go in. So, yeah, you know, if they can keep the bar empty and sell, let's say, three-quarters of the amount of drinks that they would with cheaper drinks, but still make the same amount of money at, at pitching them for 17 bucks each, that's what they're going to do. And that's how you're going to see smaller crowds in the parks and smaller uh, weights to get a drink in the bars because the only people that are going to be in there are the people that can afford $20 drinks. Yeah, I, I can't stomach that. And that to me is not, I don't mind, and I'm never going to complain about the offerings of expensive options. I, that's what you're going to have in an, on a vacation destination. But you, but the fact there's not even, I mean, a sangria is $15. Like when I go to, when I go to Trader Sam's, I'll get a uh, dark and tropical, um, and it's like $11, which is, that's just so nice to have as an option. And as an as an option so you don't have to go for the full full you don't have to go full boathouse maybe that's why you didn't get invited you have to say full battlefoot fish whatever that place is called now you can't just end with boathouse well i thought the, the same thing happened with homecoming i mean correct me if i'm wrong but their drink menu is also insanely expensive like they have margaritas that make Cabo look affordable yeah yeah 
Yeah, well, I guess it probably is better if you're going to throw out a menu and kind of work with it over time. I guess really it is probably better to start high and move low rather than come out and just immediately jack your prices, 2 or $3 a drink. The other thing is I don't even know what they're paying for. Like they painted that thing all gray and white. And at first I didn't like it, but now it kind of reminds me of the boat from Steamboat Willie. So I do like it. It is, isn't it? Yes. I guess I just wish they gave it a little bit more of the Empress Lily look to it. I miss that. They, um... They did do a shout out. Okay, I'm gonna go with I was wrong. Ah, and it's, yeah. poor man's. Lily, and, and they, they, they did pay homage to the Disney fans and the college program uh, grads like yourself, Skipper Degrichi, because it's called the Lily Spritz, because that was originally once called the Empress Lily. Oh, well, that's okay then. I don't mind it so much. But like I said, we'll find out in March. It'll be a good time. <laughs> Yeah, you, you know, once they throw in those little nods to the old school. Well, have you also seen the themed swizzle sticks? No, I have not actually. Yes. Please explain. Yeah, they have. They're like little acres. Okay, I do. Nautical swizzle sticks sound cool. I do like that. I do like a good swizzle stick. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't? I mean, that is the Jock Lindsay's. That is what takes them to the next level. At uh, Jock Lindsay's has the paddle with the snake wrapped around it. So Reggie, you're right. About- Reggie's Revenge. Yes, Reggie's Revenge has Can somebody that. somebody remind me what the fuck the Edison's supposed to be? I mean, I know our restaurant, but like what, what's their what's their thing? Well, technically, I, feel like it's, I don't know it's if it's like a restaurant, actually. No, um, the, the Edison, from my understanding, I looked at the one, there's one in California, your neck yeah. of the river. And it is a basic. It from I, I could be. I did not see a dining room. They, they might have food, but it's uh, different rooms of like they'll have a main stage with entertainment and smaller. And I think it's like a almost like a entertainment complex rather than a oh. restaurant. So you have wow. multiple okay, bars. Like yeah, from what I understand, it's like an Art Deco but industrial look. Um, you know, from like the I guess the twenties or thirties, and uh, it's supposed to be really cool. Multiple bars and. Uh, a stage and just it's kind of like a little mini pleasure island think about like the adventures club but like i said more industrial than that kind of uh adventure feel oh yeah. why so did i not know that hmm. it's more it's of like an opposite thing to like pleasure island well there hasn't been a lot of talk about, really to be honest other than hey this used to be you know pictures of it being constructed but nobody really right. has talked about what it is um, going to be hmm. so i just happened to look it up once to see what the one in california was and it was mostly like 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 uh, uh skipper dick ritchie just said um yeah. different live band areas and musicians and i think like okay. eight rooms mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right well. now disney giveth with a new restaurant the paddlefish but disney then also on the other hand taketh away rhiannon scale of one to ten Disappointment level that the Starring Roles Cafe at Hollywood Studios has bit the dust. Really? I had not heard that. Yep, it closed a couple days ago. I don't know where I've been the past week or two. I'm sorry. Did you um, work at your something? Yeah, right. Weird. Um, yeah. I mean, normally I like feign ignorance to be a bitch, but I'm actually not faking tonight. Yeah. It closed on Saturday uh, for the first uh, for the for the last time. True story. I had never stepped foot in there until a couple of weeks ago just to check out what their alcoholic offerings were for our second edition of the book. 
Which Did were? Purchase? I don't remember. I take a picture. Anything good? I mean, I they, they had it. They no. had it. Well, yeah. I, like, I think you could get it. I really like, wanted another either. I just, no. I always peek in and uh, I didn't it went somewhere else. else. But um, Skipper to Gritchie, scale of one to 10, disappointment level on Starring Rolls Cafe. Next to your beloved Brown Derby, your favorite restaurant, as you know. Oh, man. Can I jump in? Because this has been one of my dreams for forever. Well, at least since I realized that they didn't have a real bar at the uh, Brown Derby. I've always wanted them to close that place and make it the outside and extend that patio bar around. So you could put the bar inside where the bakery was and then have all these great outside tables to sit at. Um, maybe not under umbrellas. Like they, they need to do a little bit more than that. But that's, that's my vision for that area. So I hope that works out. Skipper, <laughs> Skipper, what if... What if this meant somehow bringing back your favorite catwalk bar and this became like the new entrance and first level and then you could access a second level and it was a bar. Oh my God. I love it when you talk sexy like that. Keep going. Don't stop. You're like, happy birthday. The only thing that can make it better is if you made some sort of high pitched squeal and said, yay, that'd be great. Yay. Um, starring roles. Uh, we, I went there on Saturday to Hollywood studios and talked to a couple of people as we were just kind of chilling around and got some information. And that was made a lot of sense when we said it. First off, my goal, my hope was that this meant that the Brown Derby Lounge might be moving to an indoor location, which got me excited. So I asked the bartender if he had heard anything. And he said, absolutely not. That will never happen because they just this last few months spent like 20 grand on the current bar. <laughs> Re, 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 like they re, sorry, re ran how? water. I don't, like they I, I, I don't see where that money's going. Well, they had to rerun uh, pipes from the restaurant into it because it used to just have to be like coolers and jugs of ice. And they, so they had to run uh, power and uh, sewer lines and all that stuff. And then they bought this big, nice bar as opposed to the old cart that used to be sitting there. I don't know. This isn't the same guy that said the high octane bar would never leave, is it? Because that guy wasn't. Uh... Well, right at all. So anyways, and then the other person said that, and it makes sense that actually Starring Rolls was scheduled to close a lot immediately when Starbucks opened, when they put up their cafe. But because of the massive crowds, they kept it open. And now they don't have to deal with that too much. So. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what the reasoning is to now close it today, but that it was actually meant to close much earlier when it was sort of like it's extra to what is offered directly across the street at Starbucks. So that made a lot of sense actually. That same kind of thing did happen out here when Starbucks moved in. They got rid of the uh, Blue Ribbon Bakery and everybody was all pissed off. But then just down Main Street a little bit, they opened up the Jolly Holidays, which is a bakery in itself. So I don't see why they can't have both, but. You know, whatever. It's it's fine either way. As long as we get the bar. The bar is the important part. Got to keep your eye on, on the ball. You got to keep focused. We want a bar. I tell you, you are really fired up about, I mean, your your, your love of Disneyland is usually about maybe like a five or a six uh, compared to Disney World. Today, it's literally like a 10. Oh, it's always a 10. It's always a 10. But, you know, I, I don't want you guys to feel bad. You're out there. You have to deal with podcasts like the e-ticket report. I'm just, I'm just trying to do what I can, giving you guys a little blue to all those red states out there. Yeah. Hey. Yep, you really, you, you, you really have changed a little bit over the last couple of weeks. Hashtag not all, all Floridians. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, let's see. Uh, I do want to get a grade from you, Rhiannon, on your excitement level of the Flower Power concert bands. Uh, let's see. You're, just, you're trolling me at this point. Like, you could actually hear about something that would excite me, and you're not going to ask me about it because you just only right. want to present me with things to make me sigh. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to read them, and I want you to pick out the one that is least, least offensive to you. Yeah, to you. Okay. The one that jumps out, all right? Okay. All right, so I'm just going to read them without comment. John Sakata, Dennis DeYoung, Pointer Sisters, Simple Plan, Plain White Tees, Night Ranger, Little River Band, Blood, Sweat, and Tears featuring Bo Bice, Gin Blossoms, the orchestra starring former members of ELO, Expose, Berlin featuring Terry Nunn, Starship featuring Mickey Thomas, The Guess Who, Herman's Hermits starring Peter Newton, and The Spinners. Pick! Um, I'm going to go with a tie between John Sakata and I've already forgotten the other one, so that's how exciting that was. Blossoms, I believe? No, no. That, that, that band, you know, they, they, they had the song and the, yeah, you know. That's, that. that's all of them. Oh. Okay. You just described all of them. Okay. Um, anything jump out to you, Skipper DeGritchy? I am excited about the Gin Blossoms, but there's something that's just bothering me about it. It's just really bugging me. It's like poking me in the side bothering. Whatever. You just pissed off that Tiffany's not going to be there. That is true. That is your favorite, as you know. Oh, you're so right. I am pissed off. Why isn't she going to be there? I just wanted to be there. I just want to go see Tiffany once in my life. Tiffany, why? Okay, this, this one's serious, serious, Rhiannon. I want to know your thoughts. A new character breakfast coming to Trattoria Al Forno on the boardwalk. Royal couples. Royal couples. And it's Tangle and the Little Mermaid are the ones that are offered right now. No, this, not. This not is a pure move of desperation. This is for that for the restaurant. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. That place is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I want it to be good so bad because I want a great restaurant on Boardwalk, other than you know Flying Fish, and I just want another great restaurant. Why can't it be good? It's the best location possibly. What was wrong with Cuisina? I mean, it was just like a contract thing with Cat Cora or something because. Cuisina was great. I loved Cuisina. I made it a point to go there whenever, before I moved here and I only had my, my once a year trip, we would go there once a year. It was a, one of our favorite places to go. I say, bring back Cuisina. Hecora, save us. You're our only hope. But that's probably not true. There's probably several TV well, celebrity chefs yeah, that can save sure. us. Yeah, make it find somebody. Probably find somebody. What about just bringing back Spoodles? Spoodles was great. Well, no. <laughs> Why no? Why do you hate everything that I love? Skipper, it's just Grubhub. What the hell are you talking about, Grubhub? You can't Grubhub a restaurant that's no longer there. I can't Grubhub Spoodles. I would if I could, but I can't and I won't. It's funny because, yeah. Skipper, you actually once imagineered this yourself. Oh, I see what you guys did there. You changed the subject on me. But yeah, that was my idea, except for you'd be able to order from any restaurant anywhere on property. Well, here's what, it, here's what it sounds like to me. You can get room service, which is basically ordering from pizza, a fine dining restaurant. This is in this is in like the contemporary, like, like deluxe resorts only, which comes from like a regular restaurant kitchen. And this sounds like 
a cheaper B version where you're just ordering from, instead of ordering from the Wave, you're ordering from Contempo Cafe. And that doesn't sound bad. I mean, we learned recently that the uh, Contempo Cafe just got upgraded, remember? So you order a little bit of food, they drop it off at your door, they ding-dong ditch you, and then they get out of there. <laughs> ding-dong ditch. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Somebody stop on it, quick! <laughs> Oh shoot! It's your uh, it's your flat <laughs> it's your flatbread from Contempo Cafe. Now it's flatter. <laughs> oh, let's see. Within thirty minutes of ordering, there you go. So it does not replace traditional room service. It does offer a quick service option. Um, I I would like to say on the record that I love this idea because for people like me who don't like people, this takes the people out of the equation. I can just get fucking food and not have to like make pleasantries with somebody or explain to them why. Why you're not dressed? Naked time. That too. Yeah. New idea, new idea, new idea. Make it like a prison. Make it like a prison Yeah, a little slot in the door. little slot in the door, you slide it open, right about waist high, and you get so basically you just want a food trough are you sure you don't want a baby bird it and just have a baby you know have a mama bird feeding you can i <laughs> start if i ever am in a situation where i'm on house arrest can i choose my house to be a walt disney world resort could you imagine as long as they make you sit at the all star wars resort i'm fine with it uh, <laughs> better than all stars yeah. if you try to get over to uh the uh, art of animation I don't think that's how house arrest works, I love, but I love I love the that's the best part, uh, Skipper Dick Ritchie, is that when you go to Pop Century, anyone can walk into their pool gates. But if you go across the edge of the bridge, they put locks on their pool gates. Yes. Are there a lot of people trying to jump the gate to get to that pool? Wait, so who's paying for the wall? Oh shit. I thought we were staying off of that topic. Universal. Any hey, hey Skipper. Now, yeah. you listen to the e-ticket report. What kind of lie are you talking about? I can't even sit through one of those shows. I mean, one, those guys are just like, blah, blah, blah. I'm the evil Derek Bergen, blah, blah, blah. I'm the other guy that takes too long to tell a story, blah, blah, blah. And then there were two other guys that nobody even heard about, blah, blah, blah. The e-ticket report, no thanks. Skinner, it sounds like you've had too many birthday margaritas. Too many or not enough? I mean... God, what time is it over there? Like two and or in the morning, and it's only like four in the afternoon here. Uh, an interesting concept of what Central Time Zone is. I think I'm actually on Mountain Time because you know you're in Texas right now. Remember? Yeah, of course I remember. I'm in Texas. Um, I am surprised to hear you say these things. You've always said you really weren't that interested in Universal, but it is interesting to hear you get taking maybe a new interest in the other brand. I've got no interest in the other brand. I can tell you right now. I don't hate it. I don't love it. It's kind of like the e-ticket report. Nobody, nobody loves it. How do you feel, Skipper? How do you feel about Samsung? Ha ha! Don't even get me started with that drunkie. El Paso? Ooh, it's 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 over there. Yeah. It's in Mountain Time. Mountain Time. Yes, it's in Mountain Time. I don't know. I think Mountain Time still would not be three o'clock in the afternoon. Whatever time it is, you guys are way ahead, and I'm way behind, and it's all about drinking and good times. But I never. He's a little, he's a little, a little, uh, uh, been drinking a little bit. Um, something that I did, I was able to do over the weekend is I had, I had never done it. 
was went to Oak Trail Golf Club, which we call the Oak Trail Country Club at Disney. It is included in your Platinum Plus Pass. So now that we uh, have them, I've been trying to take advantage. And uh, we did get a chance to talk to uh, the 3 o'clock parade news reporter, Colin, who went live at Oak Trail Country Club for a story. So, Colin, where you at? Colin. This is 3 o'clock radio beef reporter Colin signing on live from the Oak Trail Country Club. Here today we're with Mr. Pete, Pete Brown. Pete Brown. And your title here is, sir? I am the starter for Oak Trail. We have a, a series of questions we start out with every interview just to get to know each other a little bit better. Do you, sir, in fact work out? I do. I play hockey, ice hockey. And just to paint you a picture, he does have very nice teeth. Now, how do you feel about asparagus? I like asparagus. What is the Oak Trail official company policy on bringing beer or extraneous alcoholic beverages onto the course? I am not positive, but we have alcoholic beverages that they sell at the food station, so I think it's probably okay. So the Oak Trail Country Club operates on a don't ask, don't tell policy. You betcha. <laughs> This is the kind wow. of bringing informational news that we're looking for. Thank you, sir. And uh, Sunday is tomorrow the Super Bowl. And go ahead and send a shout out to your team. Go Pats. We love you. Mm. We're out. <laughs> well. Um, so question, because I'm not much of a golf person. So when he says starter, is that like a fluffer in golf? <laughs> Yeah, it's something like that. They definitely make sure that, you know, you've got your balls in your sack and that all the shafts are pointing the right way and they get you going just in time. Mm. <laughs> yeah, is it a volunteer position? I mean, are you volunteering? Because then, yes. The starter is the guy that you that gives you your – you go up to start on the first tee. They give you the instructions oh. and they tell you when you can go. I don't know what kind of golf course you're going to, Drunkie, but that sounds boring. What kind of, like, resume do you have to have to qualify to be able to tell somebody when to begin golfing? It appears from going to golf courses around uh, the area that the number one job uh, responsibility or the number one job qualification is to be retired. Is this what you look for in a fluffer or is that just Florida in general? No, no, no. I said retired. Right. So some old, crusty old guy with crusty old balls just fluffing you up that is a sensitive subject here on the three o'clock parade <laughs> look you remember one remember time when... <laughs> one time skipper i thought you would remember not to that no one would use that word here on the three o'clock parade ever again fluffer or retired because i think we used both but in all seriousness the oak trail country club is awesome Gre uh let's see uh, uh evergreen is an awesome too? bar they do not. I did not see a fluffer. There are lots of turkeys. We saw an alligator. Who's we? Was Mrs. D at D there? As a matter of fact, they did have a ball washer on just about every hole. Oh, man. I don't know if she's going to like you calling her a ball washer, especially seeing that she does it at every hole. Is that the front, the back, like all three inputs? What? I'm confused. What are you talking about? You guys just keep changing the subject on me. What are we talking about now? It's true. I wanted to go on uh, uh, the uh, Kilimanjaro Safaris. I'm sorry, sir. You have the Platinum Plus. You have to go yeah. to Plus. Platinum 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 Plus. Platin
Got to go to Plandora. So let's see. Anything else of note? Rihanna will be happy to know that Doc McStuffins will now be reading get, greeting guests at uh, Rafiki's Planet Watch. Rihanna? Um, who? Exactly. There you go. Okay. There you go. And let's see. I, I did want to ask you about this, Kimberly Ritchie. Yes. Scale of one to ten. You are our movie uh, guru here, our Disney movie guru here on the 3 o'clock parade. Scale of one to ten, how excited are you about the new Guardians of the Galaxy preview trailer that just came out for the new movie? Oh, come on, you know me. I'm super excited. It's the next installment in the Marvel Universe. I think Marvel has like three movies coming out next year, so it's going to be really exciting and fun. Um, I can't wait. I think it's going to be a good movie. It looks like it looks. It looks like it's going to be hilarious. The only thing I will say is maybe too much computer animation, but who knows? It looks like it'll be fun. I can't wait for it to come out. You really uh, changed your tune on that, Skipper. <laughs> I don't feel like I've changed my mind. It seems the same. Are you sure you're not talking about that evil Derek Bergen from the E-Ticket Report? I heard that he was trolling around saying stuff like that. Are you sure it's not just because it's your birthday, so now you're another year wiser? No, I'm pretty sure with these margaritas, I'm only getting dumber. Uh, okay. Oh. Man, you really have changed your tune on several of these topics. I don't, I don't really know what you're talking about, but do you guys have any other questions? Maybe you want to know something about El Paso? Ask me a question about El Paso. Is there, isn't there like an El Paso I? No, there's definitely not an El Paso I. We have a minor league baseball team called the Chihuahuas. Um, our mascot is that tiny little stupid dog. We have a mountain tram that'll take you to the top of the mountain and you can look out over the city um, and look out into Mexico, but no giant Ferris wheel. The El Paso Eye. Yeah. good view. Love it. The El Paso Eye. Uh, let's see. Where are we at? We, it is time. The time has come. I need to get to our uh, new intro that we have. We have a new intro today. Where the hell did it go? Uh, let's see. Man, where'd she go? Right here. Let's see. Well, I swear it's coming. Things we never have to hear again. <laughs> That's like, <clears throat> All right. You're welcome. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Hell is a sour boner. Right. Oh, I have to ask. What the hell is a sour boner? There you go. That's the sneak peek on the new intro, Rhiannon. You didn't like me singing, so we're gonna we got Maelstrom Viking to possibly start, uh, the worst. We're, intro we're gonna get her to ever. sing a song for us. So there you cool. go. So welcome to the Ask Sour Boner, Skipper to Gritchie. Are you it's ready? Sour Boner time. Um, the first one comes from Three O'clock Parade beat writer Colin. Um, is actually Rhiannon. You might be interested in this. He is a mm -hmm. big fan of Kickstarters. He's his wife is not not. But anyways. He has one here. It's a make-your-own pineapple wine cider machine. You can actually put in fruit, and it will make a turn into a cider. Would you be interested in this? Um, only to send to somebody in prison so they didn't have to use a toilet. Oh, you don't like sangria? I mean, uh, for ciders. They're okay, and if I want one, I will go purchase one. I do not feel the need to ferment things at home on purpose. Sarah, it sounds to me like she's going with the, uh, you know, I don't need to hunt because I can get everything I need at the grocery store, which is true, but I think it's also kind of fun to be able to make your own. So, yeah, I would go for it. 
I um, I'm actually looking forward to Colin's pineapple cider, and I hope when he makes it that he shares it with the rest of us. I made my own pineapple, and Rhiannon didn't like it. Like you grew a pineapple? You so like is that different from growing your own pineapple? Like you made it? Yeah, like, that's with, what I'm what, saying. Like, I'm doing that too. Or something. I'm doing that too. Papier mache. Oh, perchance. Colin, it sounds like you're on your own with this Kickstarter, buddy. No, no, no. I'm in. I'm in. Colin. Um, Chad Taylor has an actual serious question. I'm going to start with Rhiannon on this one. Okay. Chad Taylor, a first off, love the podcast. He says Aww. so. He's obviously a good guy. Or drunk. Uh, serious question. What's some advice for someone touring alone? Best places, strategy, advice, etc. Which is a great question because there are several tips that are better. There are ways to do things. Great. It is a great question. Um, anything come to mind first from you guys? Take full advantage of the single rider line. See, table for yeah, skipper. Come on. No, I mean, first of all, table for one. Don't let's be depressing. Bar. Yes. Always bar. You sit at the bar. That's the number one yeah. tip from the three o'clock parade. Yeah, because not only are you ordering off of the full menu, but you don't need a reservation, and you're not that sad person who the waiter keeps asking, "Oh, are you waiting for somebody?" No, <laughs> at the bar. And you're going to get better service. Typically, I, I've found you get better service from the bartender versus like a cocktail server or a. I think you get better service. And Especially if you're alone and they feel bad for you. No, in all seriousness, Rhiannon, do you have this? I was talking to somebody at work the other day about this. She was like, I have to wait. I'm like, why don't you just go grab what you see at the bar? She says, I don't like doing that because if you're sitting there, if you're a woman sitting that with a man could just sit at the bar and it, it seems normal. But if a woman does it, they often get hit on immediately. It depends on the type of establishment you're in. I mean, I think if we're talking about Disney bars, True. No, especially because the majority of the people there are not single people hanging out. Like, it, you know, you walk into your neighborhood sports bar as a woman by yourself and sit at the bar and there are umpteen single men sitting there like watching the game eating nachos. Yeah, maybe. But true. That's a good point. We were talking about like an uh, uh, like world of beer or something like that. So you're right. Totally yeah. different. Um, but anything else? Good. Because I agree. Sitting at the bar for dining is huge for so many reasons. Like you said, no reservations required. You can just walk up to any restaurant you want that has a bar, sit down, and, and enjoy your meal. And you get the social aspect. Yeah. Now, my my other recommendation, and this is all joking aside, because I have traveled by myself before for Disney trips. Um, my only Disneyland trip, Skipper, was by myself. And I have done Disney World again before I lived here. Well, and while I lived here. Um, and so my whole thing is I go out of my way to do things that I couldn't do in a group. And that obviously is going to vary person to person. Um, so, you know, whether it's going to a restaurant that your friends or family that you usually travel with don't want to go to, go to that place. Same thing for attractions. Um, other thing is just timing. Like a lot of times in a group, you kind of have this general group consensus of like, go, go, go. It, it, well, if that's your usual group consensus, then make it a point by yourself to stop and sit and hang out and do nothing. Or if that's what your group usually does, then go, go, go. And like, yeah, do single rider lines, all that. Um, I also like to take advantage of social media because when I'm in a group, it's deemed quote unquote rude to be on my phone. I'm not really sure why. So when I'm alone in the parks, I like to tweet the shit out of it. I like to, you know, just take, strip myself of the shame of selfies and take some fucking selfies. Yeah. Yeah. 
There are some definite bonuses to traveling alone. You don't have to. You can go on the attractions you want uh, and all that stuff. It really is. It, there really are some bonuses. So, And actually, I will uh, suggest following at Br'er Taylor, B-R-E-R Taylor. He has the most epic solo trips to Disney you will ever see. So um, go back in his timeline and watch what he does. He comes down and he he just got back from one and he has epic uh, solo trips. So take a look at him as well. Skipper Gucci's chance. He, he likes to bring like fifty people with him from California. That's his way of traveling alone. Don't be mad because I have an entourage. That just sounds socially claustrophobic to me. Getting goofy at Disney would like to know: Have you ever heard about the? Secret Nachos Rio Grande at Pecos Bill's Tall Tale Inn Cafe. And have you heard of others secret? And I have not, but apparently this, this came out this week for the first time. It's $90? Nachos? What is the deal here? What? No, I've not heard of this. It's like that scene from Bill and Ted with the Ziggy Piggy where they bring out that giant ice cream. But instead of ice cream, it's a giant plate full of nachos, chips, queso, guac, the whole thing, you get drinks, um, they bring out like the entire staff, they make a big deal out of it. You can get your own personal seat, or table I should say, um, which really just looks like one of the back tables that nobody ever sits in near Pirates of the Caribbean. Sounds like oh. my worst nightmare. Oh yeah, for sure. There's tons of people there. And you get to wear cowboy hats. But to be honest with you, like it doesn't look much larger than a regular order of chicken nachos at the Ale House. Do you take it up to the toppings bar? Yes. <laughs> I think that's a valid question. Just go up there and just really go. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but like, what other reason do you have to go to Pecosville other than the toppings bar? Wait, what's current status of, of uh, cheese? Are they doing cheese or no cheese right now? It's not liquid. No liquid it cheese. Is, it's no solid liquid. form. Uh, let's see. Distinct Worlds. Rhiannon, I'm going to lead this towards you. Distinct Worlds has a two-part question. Um, okay. Follow up to uh, the Nike On's SRMR from last week. Is the audiobook taped with drinks in a studio, or is it taped in at the respective bars and lounges? Also, is it filmed at the locations? Can the segments be shown on the Disney TVs in the rooms? Thank you. Hashtag Boner. Can I just throw out that I would like to volunteer to be the person to read or narrate these? I think that would be super fun. Even though there is a reason. I guess we have to have two people. Um, or maybe they can read it, and I'll just narrate in between. I'm sorry, sir. I'm going to have to limit to you to one question. That was a barrage of questions. Um, uh, um, not live because that's how things go rogue i do love the idea though of doing an audio slash video version but to get them to play it on the disney tv rooms that's going to be a tall tale i mean that's gonna be a tall challenge how are your hacking skills hacking skills i mean listen to it you can't make his computer friends turn off you've seen his menu bar on his phone there's no hacking skills there's no skills there so you know i guess i don't know i don't Oh, um, let's see. New upcharge. Okay, Outer Rim Gym brings up something that came along. A new tour, the VIP Ultimate Disney Classics VIP Tour, where you do 10 attractions in four hours at the Magic Kingdom. 
His question is, new upcharge, what is the end game? Um, and number two part, another two-parter for you, Rhiannon, they keep dancing around tiering how many Fast Pass Pluses you get based on your ticket, hotel, DVC, etc. Do you combine this? A lot of people did that when this came out. They said, this is like paying for Fast Passes. Is that what you see this tour as? Or do you put it in a tour category? Um, depends on how you define tour. I would, I would personally put it in the VIP tour category, which I put in a different category than classic tours like, you know, Keys to the Kingdom or the Animal Kingdom one where you get to go backstage and, you know, whatever. Um, I qualify the VIP tour things as you're not doing anything that the average guest who just simply purchased past the park can't do. You're just doing it in a really snobby way, flaunting, like I'm being led around by a person wearing plaid and you're not. Um, so as far as pricing it for fast passes, I don't even look at it that way either because just thinking about the time constraints, um, yeah. if I were to be paying for fast passes, I would then have that freedom. I just paid money for this. I can spread those out how I please and do them in the order I please at the time I please. This is just, I think this is purely for people who have the money, who want to spend it, who want to be guaranteed to get on attractions and aren't the regular Disney fans who have knowledge of the parks and know where to go and how to do it and know what they want to do. They basically yeah. want to be told what to do. Yeah. Right. I, I don't, I, I think these are two separate issues. I believe they are dancing around tiering fast pass plus based on your ticket, hotel, DVC, et cetera. Yes. I don't think this is part of that. I think it is something separate that if I think of it as like a Groupon for VIP tours. Yeah. Um, where uh, you're kind of sharing it, but I'm with you. Like I'd much rather have 10 individual fast passes. I don't really want to be with a tour guide. No. Cause I think I've noticed I've, I've uh, talked to them before and really what it ends up being is basically it's people where the parents, the adults really want nothing to do with being there. Here, please take inter and entertain my kids for the next four hours. Oh, babysitting. Okay. Yeah. That makes basically. more sense. Or we'll stand in the back and play on our phones. Do they Skipper have to do thoughts on, I think I have a feeling Skipper Dick Ritchie has some thoughts on this tour. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, is that it sounds like babysitting to me. It's a reason for like parents to be able to go out and have their own fun and leave their kids with some poor person in plaid um, that has to chase them around the park all day. I read on the internet that Skipper Dick Ritchie... <laughs> right. Um, thing is about... I agree with you, Skipper Dick Ritchie, that they are going to tear it. Um, I think Max Pass Plus over at your neck of the woods yes. is closer to that testing than this is. This doesn't seem related to that at all. Max Pass Plus, that now it looks like is going to be added to It's a Small World, possibly, because they put up a new sign, according to probably uh, uh, one of the probably WW News today. But I, I do think that is so in two different things. No, this is not the end game. This this uh, this tour that is. Whatever they're doing there, who knows what they're trying with that. But Max Pass Plus is tiering how many you get based on ticket, hotel, DVC, etc. That's where that's the that's what you keep your eye on right now. Um, Rhiannon, get ready. The next Ask Sour Boner is an audio Ask Sour Boner, and it's from Mr. Ben Bowers, a drama day. Ooh. So get get ready. 
Hello, me old muckers. Um, pardon the background noise. I'm out walking my dog and it might be a bit windy. That's not the dog, it's actual nature. Um, but I've got a two-part arsehole boner for you. Um, so, part one is countries in World Showcase, which is the single best drink for each of the countries? Um, so, it can be whatever. It doesn't have to be all beer, but just like the one drink that you would have from each country that is going to knock your socks off. Part two would be... What would be your ideal itinerary for drinking around the world? So not going clockwise or like I do and steady. I tend to go anti-clockwise. Um, but if you could flip back and forth between all the countries, what would be your best plan of attack? Would you want to start strong or would you want to finish big, risking the fact that you might be a little bit tipsy and therefore couldn't enjoy it to the max? So let us know and I shall hopefully see some of you in about three weeks' time. Oh, exciting! Tatty bye! Yay! Three weeks. Tatty bye. That's fantastic. Can't wait. Oh. Um, three weeks? That's junk. You could have been there at the same time I was if you just waited a week or two more. Then the fun would really begin. I'm sad I'm going to miss you, buddy. I, let's attack it from part two, Rhiannon. Um, we are constrained often by you just don't really want to walk around, you know, jump between three countries at a time. Which way would you go if you could line them up the way you want to. Is there a way that you would prefer to attack these countries? Uh, I, I feel like you could take this question in one of two ways. You could do it in a practical, realistic, all right, you're going to Epcot. But you could also take it into you know, a hypothetical question of you could redesign World Showcase and reorder it so that you weren't having to like skip back and forth or take boats and were actually walking in order what order would you wish they were in? I actually really like the order that it's in right now because it's like one really great place and then one not great place and one really great place and then one not great place. So, you know, you go to Rosen Crown and then you go to Canada and then you go to Mexico and then you go to Norway. There was that idea recently. Somebody had asked, what if we had the Omnibus? Oh, yeah, the Omnibus ride around sounds like a good idea take us too. in a different order. So I like that. We kind of went through it that way. Mm-hmm. But um, if I could do it myself, I love starting at... UK Rosen Crown. That's not just a good start. That's a good starter beer for me. Um, That's where I want to start. And then I would love to jump straight to tequila next. So I want to go UK, then straight to Mexico. Um, Norway I want to put near the end, though, because you're starting to to taper off a little bit by then. And then you're just going to, okay, whatever you got there behind the bar. (laughs) Anything else that needs to be moved from? You would probably like to move China up to get some tickets. Yeah, to get I mean, to love. yeah. So obviously, to answer one eleventh of his question there, because he does love in China, is the drink to be had. Um, I mean, I, I would, yeah, I would be super OCD. I'd probably need a spreadsheet to actually answer this question, because um, I would want to strategize. Not only getting my hard liquor out of the way first and then tapering off of beer, but right. also ending in a place that was comfortable. Maybe you know, maybe like maybe a stopover in a place that's comfortable and ending in a place I don't care about because I'm like, fuck it, mic drop, done. I don't know. I will say where it works really well, I do love um, for like a nice halftime break, having American Adventure right in the middle is a good – like halftime, you gotta relax. It's a good um, halftime spot. It? Yeah, for me it is. I like it. 
Well, yeah, it's good because you can get just cheap, good old meat and potatoes beer there. I mean, not that you can't get a Bud Light anywhere while you're walking around because they have them all over the place or whatever. But, you know, it feels right to have it at home. You've gone around the world. You've had all these amazing drinks everywhere. And sometimes it's just like... It's like when you're at a hotel. You stay in all these fancy beds and stay in all these fancy places, but there's nothing like getting home to your own bed. And that's, you know, what a crappy American beer is like. It's just like it's like going home to your own bed. It's refreshing. You, you feel good the next morning. And, uh, you know, it's relaxing. I'm with you, drunkie. It's relaxing. But I will tell you, I will do it really quick. I'm going to go through my – this is what I get in every country. You get – you get um, – I always get a uh, Guinness, start there. Then you go to Canada, and I typically get a Moosehead in Canada. And then I go next door to, I know, Mexico, and I get the $5 shot if I can. Uh, If I don't go inside, I'll get a Dos Equis outside. And then I move on to Norway. I get the Carlsberg there. Go on to China. I don't get the, I've never, I've only tasted a Tipsy Dubs to Love. It isn't my favorite. So I just get a Sing Tao. Then I go to uh, Outpost, and I go with Safari Amber, like I'm in Animal Kingdom. And then I go to Germany, and we start the wine flight, because that's fun to do. I like doing the wine flight. So I do the wine flight there. Then we go to Italy, wine flight there. American Adventure, eh, it depends. Sometimes I just go with a Bud Light, and other times I'll get something from Block and Hans. Then you move on to Japan, and I get Kirin there. And then I move on to um, Morocco, and I get a Casa. Then I go to France, and I get the wine flight again. And then you go, you're back to UK. So there you go. All right. I'm trying to do this as well. Starting in Mexico, um, I will start with an avocado margarita because I'm feeling spendy. Um, Norway, uh, Carlsberg, China to just love. If we're stopping an African outpost, I will also do a safari amber. Germany, some beer um italy i will choke down one of their beers america block and hans if it's closed i just set something on fire japan sapporo france chimay uh uk the 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 innocent gun in canada nice if you could pick your favorite, Skipper DeGritchie, what's your favorite drink at Epcot? Oh, man. I mean, besides my favorite, I'm also going to talk about my least favorite, which to everybody and for everybody should be the Aquavit, 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 however you say it, in Norway. Um, that drink is terrible and it tastes like urine. I'll say it every time we talk about it. Um, my favorite drink, though, this might actually come as a surprise because of all the different like fancy drinks. And I know we were talking about margaritas earlier. I really enjoyed just going to Mexico and getting a shot of tequila with a beer chaser. Um, it's it's just, it's good. It's not sweet. You have that initial, like, oh, tequila drink. And then ch- and then you shoot it back with some type of shitty Mexican, like, Vosakis beer. And uh, it's just, that's that's what going to Mexico is to me. Um, even though I do enjoy going to El Cava and I will have a margarita I'm not crazy about sweet drinks, so that makes me happy. Skipper, I know you're going to have a thought on this one. This asks Sour Boner. So I'm going to start with you, Skipper DeGritchie. Uh, Skipper DeGritchie, which restaurant will close or completely change the name or menu first? So of these three, Skipper DeGritchie. All right, let's go. STK, Pizza Rizzo, or Skipper Canteen? 
I don't think Pizza Rizzo or uh, Skipper Canteen are going to change anytime soon. Um, I think those are two mainstays in the park now, uh, whether we like it or not. But I do think SDK is something that is either going to have to change its internal theming or, you know, as soon as they can get out of their contract, um, they're going to get out. And not that there won't be another steak restaurant in that in uh, Disney Springs, but it's just... It's just not making it from what I understand. I know I haven't been there. I haven't seen it. But I don't think that that is the right place for a, you know, house music steakhouse. Um, it almost reminds me of, like, Rachel's, but without the naked chicks. And who needs that? agree with that. Pizza Rizzo, once, I think it's in, right now, there's always pictures of people, nobody being in there. Um Downstairs, it is, they vastly improved, uh, increased the number of seating in there. And that is totally a functional restaurant, meaning it is there to serve pizza to a lot of people. When they get more people for Star Wars Land coming up, that will be needed. So I don't think, I don't think they have any desire to change that anytime soon. It's fine the way it is for them. And Skipper Canteen, I don't know. Is that really struggling anymore? I don't know. I, do, I mean, I know it's not like a must do for majority of day guests, but. It seems to be picking up steam in the fan community. Well, I think where they went wrong with the Skipper Canteen was the whole, like, you could only make reservations day of. So people were coming down here that had already made plans. They had already made reservations to go someplace else. And if you didn't know which web page and how to do it, it was stupid. So I almost feel that they limited themselves out of, uh, out of day guests because, the, you know, the guests had already made plans. There, just, there was no reason to go there. Um, and like you said, except for people that were into Disney and into Twitter and knew what was going on, and we were the ones going. But can we support an entire restaurant all year long? I thought it was funny. Um, I was talking with a coworker of mine who uh, just got back for a week at Disney, and I was asking him because I he and his family picked only three parks to go to, did not do Park Hopper, and so I said, "Don't go to Hollywood Studios." And they did not listen to me and went to Hollywood Studios and for, went Epcot. I, I just came and But anyway, um, and so I was asking them about their experience and blah, blah, blah. Did you do this? Did you do that? Did you go to Muppets? It's like, oh, they closed Muppets. I'm like, no, that's there. Like, nope, nope, that whole land's closed. I'm like, no, it's wow. there. And so basically, the moral of the story is, first of all, why do people insist on in arguing with me about my knowledge of Disney? Second of, all, second of all, Hollywood Studios is so fucked up right now, but like people, the average guest who is not a Disney expert doesn't even realize there's something beyond True. Star Tours. True. It is. You really can't see it. They almost need one of those diagonally barkers to stand there like in a Gonzo costume. And you know, you know what we need? Sweetums. It's like, Sweetums there. But like a giant like hot air balloon with like Kermit's face on it or something. No, that would never work. Oh, okay. No, that idea of Sweetums, that's a good idea. I'm not quite sure what the hurry was to get the Kermit balloon down because it's not like Star Wars line is opening next week and you needed to have that thing down because of the theming. It was a good way for people to know, you know, that there was still stuff there. But um, I don't know. Sweetums is good. That really is a good, interesting point, Rhiannon. I never thought of that. Which probably does play a role in that whole area being deserted. Because you go to the front, I mean, say what you want about Hollywood Studios having nothing to do. You go there, the place is 
very busy with people right now. Like you go there and because there's nowhere for them to go. But the fact of the matter is you're there and there are a lot of people except in Muppet area. So maybe that, that might play a role. They, it's they're literally like kind of like walking by Diagon Alley. They don't even know there's something back there. Um, so great question. But I agree with um, Skipper Dick Ritchie, STK. Yeah. Except going back to what we were talking about earlier, Rhiannon, you're kind of asking about the Edison. I kind of wonder if these two were put next to each other for a reason in the master plan that the Edison and STK, that's its role is to be a sort of yin yang. That's the restaurant for the Edison um, that are literally across the street from each other. Um, maybe that's the crap. They're hoping maybe that will help out STK bringing in those people that want to go to the Edison. I don't know. That's just uh, a, do we even know how, this, how STK is even doing? Is there somebody that can go and check it out for me? Take some pictures and post them because, you know, we're assuming that it's failing because it's someplace we don't go. But what if it's doing good? I don't imagine it is, but I guess it could be. Um, and I don't know. I don't want to wait till March, I guess, to find out. Which is what I mean. Like, wait till wait for the Edison. Maybe that's the how many times can well, maybe, say maybe, maybe like maybe. I'm sure that maybe they're in meetings maybe. saying, well, once Edison comes, you know, <laughs> it really is. A, it sticks out because of how successful everywhere else is. Minus Aristocrates. Damn it, I really wanted to go there too. Um, sure. There was probably no reason to make fun of Aristocrates. Yeah, it's weird. It's like you're feeding into Disney Bitter for some reason. I can't figure out why. What's going on? Here you go, um, Skipper. It's highbrow humor out there, Skipper. Um, <laughs> theme Park Bachelorette, Drama Day asked about when. My theory with Theme Park Bachelorette is that she's already found somebody for real. And that this is now just dragging on forever. Moving on. Um, three o'clock grade beat writer wants to know, does Drunken Disney have abnormally large earlobes? I am surprised that it's taken um, someone that long to notice that. Uh, yes, I do. Really? Well, you know what they say about a guy's earlobes and how it's directly in correlation with his... Which means a little... A little... If you know what I mean. Yeah, way to go, Drunky. Way to go, Mrs. D.A.D. Good pick. My mom and dad would kill me. No, so. I'm like a grown man, but they would definitely disown me. Well, you have some reason how to make that happen. Um, I actually do have an idea for that. You should go in the way of Joe Rody and just get that thing going and stretching it out to the point where it's about to rip or we think it's about to go, but then put in the new little magic band dongle thing, that little fob that they have in place of the band. And you could wear it around that way. And that way you could, you know, when you're going to go into someplace, you just press your head up against it and then put your fingers in the right place. It'd be great. Yeah, that sounds like something you would suggest, Skipper Dick Ritchie. Of course that does. I just made that up. Um, Abigail, now Webigail, has multiple art things that, uh, this one she wants to show. Have you seen this hashtag Ask Sour Boner Zoom Zoom? Do you see that? There's a great picture of yeah. the uh, Ask Boner Zoom Zoom. Is Very that... well. Yeah. Let's go with yes, that it's legitimate. Yeah. Not only do I want to say it's legitimate, but either the Imagineer that listens to us shared with somebody over at Disney Design or we're picking up new listeners because, yeah, we should be getting credit for that thing. Look at that thing. That is a sour boner zoom zoom. Fuck them. I don't like it. But it's sour boner. Well, me, correct me if I'm wrong. Don't you think this is what happens to collectibles when they really jump the shark? Is when you're a kid and you're collecting, Skipper Dick Rich, you might remember collecting baseball cards. I'm a little nerdier, comic books. At some point, you could get like the top set, right? So you, in theory, if you bought enough packs of cards, you could get the whole set of tops cards. 
But then they started coming up with like 16 other small sets that it basically made it impossible to ever get to the end. And then you lose interest in the entire genre. But see, the dream has to be there that you can get them all. Okay. Okay. Sure. I see what you're saying. However, I don't think that applies with Zoom, Zooms, Skipper. No. Because there's just so fucking many of them that I don't, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there is some human being out there who their life goal is to collect every single one. And, you know, God bless and Godspeed, fine. But I think that's the average person, that's not the average audience. And so the average person is just excited to see what the new offerings are and they'll handpick and choose which ones they're interested in much like pins much like finalmation etc and so to make things super difficult i don't i don't think that there's somebody out there that really is like fuck i have to have all of these so now i'm gonna have to like go on ebay i have to do this oh my god instead i think it's the reverse I think they're making it so that somebody out there is like, well, I live in Chicago, so I'm going to go buy these, put them on eBay, because there's going to be some idiot out there who's either trying to collect every single one or is obsessed with hot dogs or sour and bonus. will spend an absorbent amount of money to get that. And I think that's just a little stupid. That sounds like something the guy from the e-ticker report would do. I know myself being, you know, the younger kid that I was when I was collecting comic books and all kinds of stuff like that. That yeah, it wasn't about collecting all of them. Obviously, you can't collect every comic book, but you would find the genre, the title that you like, and that's what you would collect. So you know, I'd get my allowance on Sunday, and Tuesday I'd walk down to the comic book store when we got new comics, and I'd spend it all on that, and it was great. So I can understand why you know people would collect zoom zooms or zum zums or whatever the hell they're called, and not feel that they have to buy all of them, you buy what you want. It, it works out for me. I guess if I had to rate it, relate it to today, it's kind of like the tiki mugs. Like, I like collecting tiki mugs, but I in no way expect to get every tiki mug. As a matter of fact, I try to, to slim it down to just tiki mugs that I was able to get a drink with myself. Um, unless it's like an antique mug that they just don't make anymore, I probably won't buy it. Um, unless it's something that I get a drink with. Um, let's see. Good discussion. I like that. Good. Now we've got quite a few. There's a few here in a row that I'm just going to kind of rapid fire because they're all kind of just, they're just kind of funny. Um, three o'clock parade beat writer wants to know, would you rather have a full kidney function for the rest of your life or sell one to afford a night out drinking at Paddlefish? Definitely. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think fortunately we live in a country where you don't have to sell a kidney anymore. There's sperm banks. You can just go and, you know, wank one out and they'll give you some money and you walk over and get some drinks and maybe wank one out a little bit later. Puck Nasty Ashley wants to know, when can we expect a Drunk at Sam's and um, DJ Disney Nerd, a.k.a. Char, to headline Eat to the Beat? Epic duet. That would be a great duet. Skipper, you've got the voice of an angel. Yeah. It sounds like a great, great opportunity to me. I am totally in. Uh, we just need Char to jump on board. She's... In Canada, so getting our schedules combined is it's kind of rough because just the travel time. But I'm in. I'm ready when you are, Shar. Well, you know what? When that day comes, I may actually get excited for that. All right. As opposed to gin blossoms. I love this. Is one of my favorites. Is Ian tweets? 
um, from at Ian Rides. I believe this is the first time he's ever uh, submitted. So thank you for submitting. Long time listener, first time caller. Um, he is clearly a Universal fan from his thing. Nobody's perfect, but he can come to the light side. Let's see what he has to say. I love these options. He says you have to take the good with the bad. So which you choose? Um, no alcohol at Epcot. Bed bugs at the Grand Floridian. Amoebas at the water parks. And Garden Wing at the Contemporary. <laughs> I love that Garden Wing is on the same level as Amoebas, Bed Bugs. Oh my God, that's like the worst nightmare. The thought of Epcot without alcohol. No. I'll take the Bed Bugs. That leads me to um, the next question from Brian Lamas. Wants to know um, at Epcot now, how long do we think everything that is currently closed or empty will stay that way? I think that the crew over at Avatar, when they finish, are going to head over to Epcot and start working there. Because um, Disney can't have one more than one or two projects going at the same time. Good question. Um, based on the timeline, my I have, do have a theory on this. And I think it's coming up. Uh, we're going to have something else about Epcot here in a minute. Based on the current timeline, where they announced uh, last year for Star Wars, and they're saying it's going to be done in 2019, so that's what, a three-year turnaround? I would expect an announcement around 18. So 1920. So 2021 is when you'll have something at Epcot. Fuck. I might be dead by then, guys. Ooh, I don't like the sound of that. Um, <laughs> thank you, Livy. Your your liver, Rhiannon, posted a picture oh, of a, a bottle that says molasses, and the mole is saying, so what do they do with the rest of the mole? Oh, Livy. Yeah. Um, that leads us right to Ian McGregor saw a rumor, in quotes, that there is to be a billion-dollar investment coming to Epcot what would you like to see done? I don't even think that was a rumor. Didn't that actually come out from an announcement a while ago? Yeah. That What I think we're actually going to end up seeing is like just a rebranding. It's not going to be Future World anymore because uh, the whole idea about trying to predict the future just makes it look dated right away. But it's going to be some sort of technology branding or learning branding um, where they talk about all the things that are going on in the world today and how, how great it is. And that will actually lead you to the uh, – World Showcase. I totally they agree in the short term. I totally agree in the short term. But I want to jump to a question because I think it sheds some light on it. WDW owner brings up, asks, so how long can Disney do the, quote, less people, more money thing? Um, they, with what they announced, 4% less in the last quarter. Attendance was down 4%, but spending was up again or whatever. Same thing. So it's, the trend continues, less people, more money. How long can that go? And will that drop in attendance possibly influence the Epcot thing? I think this is where, really where everybody is not looking at this in the big picture. What Disney keeps getting told is, hey, your parks are too crowded. It's not fun, and we're paying a lot of money to go into these places, and we have to wait in line, and we have to do all these other things like Fast Passes to enjoy our day. So... Disney has to do something to thin the crowd. And to them, it's more important to get people that are going to go and spend money than to just have that number saying, hey, we had an extra thousand people come this year. So if you can have 10,000 less people go into the park, that's space for more people that are for the people that are there to hang out and really enjoy themselves and make the experience better. As long as the people that are there are spending more than the 10,000 people that they're missing. And that's what it looks like is going on. They have a ton of people showing up. 
um, less than they did before, which is perfectly fine, because in the difference in park admission and in the, what they're spending while they're there, they're making up the difference. So yeah, you know, they might be pricing out some people, um, but it is a uh, it's a destination. So you know that means that some people may not go every year. They may go every five years, or they may have to go every eight years. But it makes that time spent, I guess, more exclusive, more important to them. Because um, you had to save up for it. If you think about it, when you were a little kid and you had to save up to buy yourself something, that toy meant so much more than just the pile of crap that you would get for Christmas and forget, you know, oh, three weeks later. But I, I, I feel like I interpreted the question a little bit differently because I'm not saying that you are providing a lesser valued experience. I'm interpreting it to mean that, you know, you're going to pay more for dessert parties and private tours, and then they're going to take that cash and they're going to build fucking Pandora and Star Wars land and yada, yada. And so you you actually are going to have a better experience and you are going to turn around and go home and tell your friends you should go. It's just that you're telling your friends at the country club, not at Shoney's. Well, that is true. I will say the one thing that people keep saying, Disney's only catering to the upper, upper, upper. But aren't they, in all seriousness, and take all entertainment, this is not just Disney, all entertainment and travel is going that way because that's what the country is doing. Everyone's talking about the, the middle class is going away. Do they even have a choice but to do this? Aren't the numbers going to go away just because the middle class is eroding in general? I read a bunch that, you know, when we, especially when we get into the conversations about a potential fifth gate or something, where they just can't even support that bandwidth. And so at this point, you'd have to start looking, and we discussed this last week, about putting in another resort. You know, you'd have to just look at the infrastructure to support more people. And so if you're going to have more people spending less dollars, you have to have the means to support that. And so there have been a bunch of people who have said they currently, and so this could change, but they currently do not have the means to support a greater influx of guests. So they're kind of forced to go this other route of, well, mm. let's just charge more and, you know, try and make it worth their while. Yeah. Well, here's what I – this leads me back to I, – I see what you're saying, Rihanna, but now I want to go back to the question of how long can it last and that attendance thing. For, for years, the board, they were able to tell the shareholders, look, we're – attendance is going up. Attendance is going up and the shareholders are telling them, well, stop spending money. We want to keep that profit rolling in. This, for, this drop in attendance does have to scare the board a bit to saying, okay, maybe we have reached that point. So will that push them to green light something more at Epcot then down the road? You see, and that's what I'm saying. I don't think the board or the stockholders give a damn about attendance. As long as they can see that we're making money year over year, that's what's important to them. So if we tell them, hey, you know what? We're going to raise the tickets $3 this year, and we're probably going to see – uh, a drop of 5% in attendance, but our actual income is going to go up 10%. All they hear is we're going up 10%. That's it. So I don't think it's about the amount of people anymore. We're, we're past the days where attendances are how we're going to um, judge the park's uh, success. It's now going to be about how much money did they make? And if they're making money every year over what they made last year, attendance just doesn't matter. I don't know. Um I mean, I feel like they should greenlight something at Epcot regardless. 
Of course. Because, you, because to go back to Skipper's point of people going home and relaying their experiences to their friends and family, even the people who can afford it and had great VIP tours, if they're walking into Epcot, it's like, well, there are these two random weird buildings on either side of you and you enter the park and they're empty. It's weird. You know, yeah. you have to put something there. Yeah. And I think people, this, we are at that point two years ago at Hollywood Studios where everyone was saying, why don't they put something in Hollywood Studios? Why don't they put something in Hollywood Studios? Why don't they put something in Hollywood Studios? We're at that point now at Epcot where the decision has been made, in my opinion, to do something. Now we're just waiting on what that is. And they're waiting on See, I, figuring out what that's coming. It's a I, I think it's a done deal. I actually, I mean, I agree with you in the done deal part of the statement, but I disagree with you with why don't they put something in Hollywood Studios? Because they had things. It, I think the conversation was more like, well, where do we put Star Wars? Okay, we're going to like tear down Streets of America. We're going to tear down the Cars attraction. We're going to tear down octane refreshments and we're gonna put star wars there and, and toy story and we're gonna like, do stuff whereas epcot they're not even saying that they're just like well we're gonna close some stuff crickets well that's what they did first at hollywood studios too they just started closing stuff like backlot tour they just closed it there was always the assumption though that star wars is coming and you could you can say that it was an assumption we could we may have been wrong we weren't but right. we could have been wrong. Whereas there's no assumption right now with Epcot other than something. Well, Guardians of the Galaxy or something along those lines is the assumption that I'm hearing. Ugh. And possibly skipper on and, IPs yeah. and everything. And possibly imagination would be the other. Well, that would be fucking awesome. I would support that. So besides Lights, Motors, Action and the Backlot Tour, what the hell else is even closed? Because it seems to me like it's the same. And as usual, people just want something to bitch about. Oh, definitely. Well, that's the thing. People joke about Hollywood Studios now having nothing to do. The exact same number of attractions exists now as did 10 years ago. <laughs> it is not any worse off now than it was 10 years ago, minus the streets of America, <laughs> for the most part. Like, real. It's, it, it was, you're right. It was in that position for a long, long time. Let's see. Um, good. All right. Let's see. Bay Lake Spence. Rhiannon, this is straight to you. With Star Wars Land getting a year of release, what's the over/under that you will be a huge fan by then? Are you gonna be? Are you gonna get more excited about, or is it gonna be like Avatar? Yeah, I'll go check it out. Not that excited. Basically, yes, that. Um, I think with the slight difference being, just to segue from what we were just talking about, the fact that. Right now, I really there's so little I want to do or look forward to doing in Hollywood Studios that to have a new land opening would really pique my interest. Even if it's not a franchise I personally give a shit about, I'm still interested to have something else to do there. Whereas I never once said that about Animal Kingdom. Like I love it. I don't need something else there. Of course, I'm going to go see that and experience that and ride those rides and you know, go eat their food or whatever. But I did. I never once said I need something more there. Whereas Hollywood Studios, goes, I need something more there. So I, I really do have a a theory that I think the the James Cameron that kind of came out of nowhere while they were waiting. And I really think Animal Kingdom kind of cut in line in the scheme of things, the long term thing. Animal Kingdom kind of cut through, cut in line and got ahead of Epcot and Hollywood Studios kind of by accident. Um, because you're right, it, right now, at, 
as we look right now, it's probably the second most park with stuff to do. Yeah. <laughs> Even without Pandora. But just to go back to like conversations with the average Joe who is not a Disney fanatic, they're not on Disney Twitter, they don't go to the parks multiple times a year or even once a year. I again had a conversation with some coworkers the other day and somehow we got on the subject of Avatar and Pandora and you know, one coworker's like, Why are they doing that? Like there's just the one movie. It's like, no, no, it's gonna be a trilogy. Like the average person doesn't know that. And the average person does not give a shit. And so, yeah. yeah. That part did not go according to plan. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, so not that excited, Bailey Spence. Um, DJ Dizwire. First off, did DJ Dizwire, um, he was the one responsible for that uh, awesome intro song that we had today, DJ Dizwire. Woo! DJ Dizwire. What a great song. Thanks a lot, buddy. That was awesome. I know it did, Skipper. Um, he wants to know, now that it's his birthday, again, happy birthday, Dizwire. Um, now that you're 40, what three things need to be added to his Disney Parks bucket list? He's got Victorian Alberts, Polly, and Grand California Suites already on it. What does Dizwire have to do? What's, what's the top things as you grow up in, as a, a really adulting at Disney? Well, I'm not hearing anything about a $15,000... 21 Royal Street dinner. I think that's a great thing to add to your bucket list. And I only have three spots left. So TJ Dizwire, if you want in, let me know. Right? I'm not hearing anything about a down payment on a Golden Oak home. I played the lotto this weekend, didn't win. So no Golden Oak this week. But I'm trying. You're hitting it, though. Victorian Albert, although Victorian Alberts, yep, the Polynesian, gotta stay a Polynesian. Grand California Suites, got a bungalow. Come on, Dizwire. Yeah, I don't know. He, he told me today, like, he sent me this link to um, an actual artifact in the Haunted Mansion for sale, to which I was like, oh, my God, thank you so much for buying that for me. Yeah, and he was like, oh, uh, no, because, like, money doesn't grow on trees or, like, some bullshit excuse like that. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Jen with two N's wants to know, Worst attraction to ride, queue to finish when you're shit-faced and sloppy. Star Tours, Mission Space, or Dinosaur? <laughs> Which is Not the worst drunk ride? a contest. Yeah. Mission Space. Even sober Mission Space. Mission exactly. Space. Mission I don't space. do that sober, okay? Dinosaur might actually, to me, make it less uh, uh, scared, and I would be less uh, affected by the, sh the shaking. Oh. Uh, Skipper, you and your Disneyland. Holy cow, I didn't even mention it this time, but it is pretty great, I will admit. Um, Dizwire, uh, oh, let's see. Dean wants to know, yes, Dean from Connecticut. You mean from Adventures Out There Travel? Um, from Adventures Out There Travel. Oh, he's, he's, he's answering. Disney Cruise Line Alaska, Adventures by Disney Anywhere, Party on the Grand One Yacht. Ooh, Grand One Yacht is a good one. I don't yes. know that is. That's how good it is. At the Grand Floridian. They have a yacht. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, Disc counselor, seven, uh, Polly's choice. Um, Skipper, as you remember, because you're, you know, you're on here every week. Um, Polly's choice is you have to destroy one fast pass one and refurb one. So seven seas, lagoon boats, Sasagula river, water taxis, or international gateway friendship boats. Man, I really just want to refurb all of them to make them like bars on the water. Um, but since I can only refurb one, I guess I'm going to do Seven Seas Lagoon, because that might be your last chance to get drinks, you know, in, until you get to the Magic Kingdom, 
are essentially while you're at the Magic Kingdom. Because while they do have alcohol now when you eat, it's not the same. So I'm going to say we got to put a bar on those boats. Um, after that, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, Fast Pass, the Sesagula, and demolish the International Gateway. That sounds great. Yeah, I agree with International Gateway. Not only can you walk and it's quicker to walk, yeah. it's quicker because they're the slowest boats ever made in the Ooh. world. That's right, Skipper. Well done. Seven Seas Lagoon. The one I would want to refurb would be all of them to add bars. <laughs> like yeah. I'll just take that same idea on all of them. Although they are a little bit more lax, and that's where services come in, um, is being able to bring drinks onto the boat is really helpful. I would also say, as far as refurb goes, one thing that the Sasago River boats have going for them is that if you sit in the back row, they're very vibrating. Can I fast pass a ride with you on that boat in March? Oh, I, you're not the first to have noticed that? Hmm. That back row on Sasagula? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely. Typically, when you have females in the room, yeah. they like to go to the back. That's true. I, I bought it breakfast once. Mm-hmm. If all the new ideas come from this show. You, you're, you, at least five or six of your ideas alone, Skipper, have been brought out. I just know what I want, and I guess that's what people want. We're getting down to the end here of Ask Sour Boner. Textoso Jake. Textoso Jake is my boy. Wants to know... If one happened to be staying at Port Orleans Riverside for the Star Wars SWHMDS weekend, it's a running event. I'm not sure what Star Wars happened. Disney Springs? I don't know. It's a, it's a running weekend, though. Should they host an old man pool slash Yeehaw Bob meetup for the Rum Runners, which is the um, fan version of the Rum Runner group? Um, yes, the Pineapple Gallery would love to go hang out there. Textoso Jake. In all seriousness, if you're a runner and you have not joined yet, go uh, talk to Dirt Cheap Disney about joining the Rum Runners running group. The 3 o'clock radio Rum Runners. A drinking group with a running problem. Um, let's see. Getting down to it. Uh, WDW owner. This is an interesting one. And it, it does affect the future of the parks. Will people changing their travel plans of overseas travel due to restrictions change? I'm not sure where. Trump. Trump. Anyways. Yeah, I know. It's a Trump thing. How? In all seriousness, what do you think this really will affect tourism? I'm afraid it will. Some of my, A good chunk of my uh, household income comes from the travel and tourism industry. I am worried about this um, on tourism. And will it affect? Has not been talked about that much. I haven't seen too much about the uh, effect on travel to, to the U.S. and from the U.S. Will it affect international travel and Disney? I want to say probably yes. I mean, there's people that, know. you know, they booked travel that got stopped. And there's people on cruises that weren't able to come back. So, yeah, you know, not knowing what's going to happen, I would imagine for international people... Uh, it's a scary place right now. Oh, this nothing in the last year has helped Disney. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you had a kid get bit just... by, a, by a gator. You had Zika. Um, Skipper Dick Ritchie, once again, happy birthday. Aw, thank you, buddy. I. There are a few people who would like to say happy birthday to you. This first one is Diz Counselor would like to give a shout out. A nice happy birthday shout out. Hey, 3 o'clock parade, and Skipper Dick Ritchie, Diz Counselor here. Uh, just uh, 
coming to say happy birthday, sir, uh, from way up here north in Buffalo. Not quite as north as the Disney Store Canada, but we do have Tim Hortons. Um, cheers and many happy returns of the day to you, sir. Hey, Discounter, thanks a lot for the shout-out, man. I appreciate it. Jessica Foley would also, and what appears to be possibly Mr. Foley uh, is there as well. One more time. Didn't hear it. it like they were at Disney's Hollywood Studios at the time, so they clearly had time to sit and make. Thanks a lot, Foley's. Happy birthday to you too. I mean, to me. I mean, yay! I want to lead this to first. I want to apologize to Ellen. She's from the Three O'clock Parade News as well. Um, she uh, did a an interview at Disney Springs, and it really is really hard to hear. So I'm not going to play it, but um, we can talk about it. Um, first off, she'd like to. Uh, wish Skipper Gritchie a happy birthday. Happy birthday, Skipper Dick. Happy birthday to you. Can't wait to see you in March to have a few cocktails together. Hope your birthday's a great one. You said Dick and Cock. Wow, yeah, she did. Whew, it's a little steamy in here. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to have to save that for a little bit later. Is this show over yet? I'm ready to go. Man, thanks, Alan. That was wonderful. Can't wait to see you in March either. Um, her news report was about um, uh, it's the story of Dizzy Springs and Planet Hollywood. Um, she, The guy did not want to be recorded. was really hard to hear. Was it Guy Fieri? Um so Ella did a wonderful job. It just was difficult to play. Um, let's see. The final at Sour Boner might be my favorite of all time. Um, it's a great one. And it really does sum up um, uh, a certain segment of the Disney fandom and experience. Brian Lamas would like to say, uh, this was two hours ago. He's, uh, I'm at Magic Kingdom with a buzz and I can't find my stroller. How did my life get to this point? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag ask our voter. Wow. I think you're doing it right. I think you're doing it right. <laughs> I bet, I'm at the Tragic Kingdom with a buzz. Can't find my stroller. Oh, well, you know, it could be worse. You could be like, I'm at the Magic Kingdom with a buzz. I can't find my child. Nope. Um, first off, as always, that is our final last hour boner. Any final thoughts? First off, uh, Rhiannon, do you have any final thoughts this evening? Yeah, I'm good. All right. Skipper Dick Ritchie, any final thoughts? Yeah, I just want to say thanks to everybody for wishing me a happy birthday. It was a great time last week. I uh, definitely had way more fun than I should have. Um, too much to drink, too much to eat. Too many good times, and even though he is evil, I want to thank uh, Derek Bergen for coming on the show and covering for me. That was awesome. Uh, we had just the right amount of Disney Bitter and False Universal Love and call-outs for your terrible podcast, The E-Ticket Report, but you were able to come out and do that so that I could have fun with my family and friends. So thanks a lot, buddy. Uh, you're still evil, but I still appreciate it. Drunk you say, in all seriousness, too many times. In all seriousness, folks, Skipper Nick Ritchie is right out now. He started drinking 
probably 12 hours ago. He's still going strong. There was no way he was going to stop to record a podcast tonight on his birthday. So uh, happy birthday to Skipper Dick Ritchie out in Texas, partying it up like a rock star. Woo, partying like a rock star. So the final thought is in celebration of Skipper Dick Ritchie's birthday, not only did we start with Dizwire's club anthem that actually includes Derek Bergen at the very end, um, we are going to find the final float of today is a brand new song from the godfather of three o'clock parade songs, Mr. Dustin Verdon. And it is called Brunch So Hard. So take it away, Disney Dustin. Thanks for listening. Three o'clock parade, Rhiannon, Derek Bergen. Kungaloo. We're going to skate to one song, one song only. Hey, hey. At Disney Dustin, back in the house with the three o'clock parade. This one goes out to the hashtag family. I'm hungry. Let's go. Run so hard in the hashtag family. Come closer so you can see. But we're chewing in and reckon that we're gonna go for seconds, motherfucker. All you can eat. Bronx so hard, this shit crazy. Spinning that Susan, she lazy. As a group, we am a muscle 22, and this is when the shit gets hazy. Bronx so hard up in here with blood and berries and light beer. Bronx so hard since we here at the buffet line, we don't play fair. Waffles, we cover in toppings. Yo, take your pick, I like whipped cream, strawberries, and chocolate. Yo, that's the shit. Bronx so hard, we ignore the clock. Running out of champagne, gotta restock. All these other dungeons, they be in and out. We ain't thinning out, we get more locks. Bronx so hard, this is how we do. Got here at eight, now it's after two. Waiter coming over, trying to get us a check. We ain't over yet, I thought you got the clue. Bronx so hard, let's get eggs. Hitting fancy with the cone feet, duck legs. Mall bottle, we full throttle. Gonna drink it till we hit the dregs. Bronx so hard, yeah, all day. That's how we do it with the family. Orlando, we can go to boat house or shonays. Bronx so hard with the hashtag family. That keeps crack. That keeps crack. That key's cracked. Brought so hard with the hashtag family. That key's cracked.